Hello and welcome to the third episode of Wheeling in the Years. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, an absolute icon of mine, a winner of two All-Irelands, eight Leinster medals and five All-Stars. When I was growing up, he was a permanent fixture between the post for Dublin, an absolute hero of the hill and one of the goalkeeping greats, John O'Leary. Hey Willow, how are you? Good, not a bother, John, not a bother. Uh, I have to say, John, you know, I suppose as a, as a five, six-year-old, when I was, you know, growing up when... We didn't have any of the Premiership stars, you know. I spent a lot of time in, in, in the garden pretending I was John O'Leary, you know, uh, diving left and right, you know. I, I never made it as a goalkeeper, but <laughs> it certainly instilled something in me. Um, how's life with you? All good since, since I suppose, stepping away from the game a good few years ago? Yeah, all good. <coughs> you know, life goes on, um, as, you, as you find out very quickly. Um, so I've done a bit of this and a bit of that and still playing of any bit of sport anyone will allow me a tug out every now and again so yeah. I was playing a bit of cricket there on, on Tuesday night and it's great for the fun so you know it's uh, it's hard to stop the uh, the best place for me still is to be on the pitch so whatever pitch it is I'll be there and it keeps you ticking over yeah. hard to believe I suppose it's going back nearly 40 years to when you first donned the minor jersey in 1978 I think yeah uh, was goalkeeping always did you fall into the goalkeeping position or did it sort of fell into it I mean uh, Started with the doors on the thirteens, but up to that, you know, even back then, like you know, kids' football didn't start. But maybe thirteen or fourteen, or some in, in some uh, some leagues or clubs. So did the usual playing, you know, probably called three and in soccer on the green with the, with the mates and playing with the you know the jumpers for goalposts and yeah. World Cup, World Cup, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen seventy World Cup and all that, and um, um, you just would have played there. And I think we ended up playing, uh, joining doors for for whatever reason. My my, my father would have played uh, football too. So he's from uh, from Cork. Uh, would have played uh, football and hurling for Wicklow, so um, there was certainly GA in, in in the back, but not not very very deep, if you like, in terms of he was wasn't really involved with the club that, that much and had played yeah, yeah okay at senior level with him because he was a garden by Brigham and um, started on the thirteens, ended up in goal. And was it was it the kind of the seventies team that inspired you? You know, was that was that a huge attraction? Yeah, well that that was that coincided. So in seventy seventy four, I would have been hot thirteen. So. And Georgie Wilson and Stephen Rooney were on that uh, 74 team from Edwards. So that was the sort of the inspiration for a lot of us at, at that stage who would have, uh, you know, come on to the 13 on the 14 team for the next couple of years and um, ended up in goal, stayed in goal until about at a club level until I got on the minor panel. And then I started getting fitter than most of the lads in the club and they started playing me outfield. So I played most of my underage football from about, you know, minor on the 21 uh, outfield, having gone on the Dublin panel in, in, in 78 and 79. And I suppose 1980. Was your first call up um, into the senior team? It, it, it was it was a late late call up. Like Mick Kennedy, who was traditionally a cornerback, was actually playing in goal at that time. That's right. Yeah. So like, so I had played sub in seventy eight. We got bet in the Ireland final with Mayo. Played in seventy nine. We bet Kerry in the final. And in, in nineteen eighty, was on the on the twenty one panel. Um, I joined the bank uh, and was working down in Wexford. So um, phone call came to the house. So, you know, would I go training with the Dublin team on Saturday morning? So I came back up from Wexford Norman on the train Saturday on Friday and Friday night. Um, Stephen Rooney actually had been recalled to the Dublin panel um, just before that as well so um, went to the training Mick McKenney had played in goal and Mick O'Brien a soccer player who was I think played with that long town famous for breaking the crossbar in some match he was uh, in there as well so I went on Saturday morning as you know the usual Saturday morning training bit of a kick around bit of a match um, Parnell Park I played in, in goal and my memory was then we took a couple of practice kickouts after training and my kickouts weren't particularly strong at the time Um from a distance point of view, so uh, in the dressing room afterwards, you know, they used the, the huddle in, in, in the hut there in the, at the gate of Parnell Park where all the team meetings happened. Kevin Harper was told, we, we bring your gear tomorrow. 
Nice. This is great, like, you know. So there was a championship match the day after <coughs> your day first after, training yeah, session. So, uh, you know, I right. came home from uh, Wax on the Friday night training on the Saturday and the Lancer final was on the Sunday. <laughs> so What an introduction. What an introduction. <laughs> so uh and that's I didn't know I was playing, so I remember walking into um into Crow Park and that time we, we came in at the Nally end and we walked along in the bottom of front of Hill sixteen. I remember Tommy the bit of the crowd in for the minor match and Tommy Drum saying would you like to be playing today? And of course I said, Ah yeah, I'd love to. You know, that was sort of a, just probably the standard answer you might expect to give him. So in the dress room, maybe, I don't know, half an hour before the game, Carvin Halfman showed me the jersey and just said, you're in today. That must have been an air-wracking that, that, that like, air experience because you were, you were sitting in the dressing room with, with guys that had... Yeah, Mullins was in there. All their medals know, in their, in their back pocket. They, yeah. were, they were legends in Dublin at that stage. Yeah, you, know, you look around, Tommy Drum, you know, Brian Mullins, uh, McCollum was probably there as well. So looking at all these fellas and um, didn't know any of them. Uh, I thought I knew was was Stephen Rooney from because he was from Edwards. And... Um, and looking back, people say it was probably genius and happiness. You know, there was no nerves, no expectation, and um, just giving the jersey and off you go. And we, I played quite well in the game. Must we, have been a visit to the toilet beforehand. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. I think, yeah, okay. Uh, um, just uh, off you go and we played okay. We got back by Offaly in the final and I played reasonably well. Uh, Matt Connor scored a goal and um, that was it. And I stayed there for eighteen years, seventy consecutive matches. So yeah, that's that's yeah. that's how it started out. And what what was unique about Kevin Heffernan? What was his style? What, what was what was a Dublin dressing room like back then in in nineteen eighty? Yeah, it'd be very quiet. I mean, once he spoke, that was it. it was, you know, it'd be very sharp and clear on, on on the instructions. I mean, over the years, and you realise that he he had this fabulous skill of just being a, a sort of adaptive to every player on their needs. So if he, if he needed to give you a kick in the arse, give you a kick in the arse. He needed to put his arm around you and cajole you. He would do that. So he had this ability, and um, you know, to, to to sort of man manage to to be player specific. And I saw it really more so in, in eighty six when we went to Australia. Um, because he, he, he just pulled that Ireland team together and, and managed everybody you know differently and what had to be done to get this, um, you know, to beat the Australians but that was the where I sort of noticed more from a distance because when you're in it you're in it you don't really realise what's going on but more then I realised like you know managing all these uh, players from all over Ireland getting them into a, a cohesive team and just how he had that ability to So it was, it was his man management style really <coughs> rather than uh, combined with a good tactical brain was it or, or yeah, where, that's it. was yeah. there even was it, was it just getting a cohesive team unit together I playing for each he, other Yeah he, he was able to set the team up and get the folks for the opposition and, and you know get his his personal um, desire to beat the opposition and not lose, be it Kerry or Offaly or um, or where or Maid, you know, whoever it might be. So, tactically, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was good tactics around '83. You know, we introduced what became you know, the third midfielder was John Caffrey, and it was unheard of in terms it was radical of radical at that radical stage. You know, you look at it, the game now, it was sort of for a corner forward playing the midfield, and the poor old cornerback didn't know whether to, whether to stay or go or follow him. And um, we had play uh, in '83, we uh, played that in the Leinster final and beat Offaly who were the Ireland champions at the time. So there's a lot of tactical stuff like that. And uh, his instructions to me tends to be, uh, John, uh, keep the kickouts long, keep the ball out of the net. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very <laughs> simple, I suppose. Very <laughs> basic. And once I was doing that, I was, I was sort of off the hook. And uh, I suppose in 1981-82, like your first few years in the Dublin setup weren't good, obviously, and, and beating in Leinster Championship, I think it did... Yeah, they weren't great. So eighty was a you know one off game for me. We we uh, the twenty one team went on to the All Ireland that year. We got bet by Cork in the final. So eighty one, you know, played the league. Um, then we pass uh, we pass we be we bet Wicklow in in Newbridge, and I made a save that in the last minute. To, to save to the year, wasn't save it? Save the season, yeah, in the last minute, you know, just to Paderborn, uh, uh, Paderborn, yeah, and. Um, uh, that I mean that we were that close to being beaten by Wicklow in the first round, and then we lost to Leash in the next round. So, and then 82, 
beat Myofly in the last well beat Myofly in the last final who were could we have been you know ten eleven points well well beaten on the pitch and on the scoreboard they went on to win the All Ireland then you know they were quite lean but for you know for an eighteen nineteen year old coming in it, it was just great to be on the Dublin team so. And we were probably between the seventy teams. The seventies team was finishing. There was um, probably nobody left. Um, Brian Mullins had had the car crash, so he wasn't playing either. Um, I know the feeling, John. Yeah, yeah. In ninety-five, yeah, <laughs> between yeah, two yeah. teams, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being, being there, done that, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but like, like eighty-three was the was a huge year for Dublin football, uh, and to win your first first All Ireland, and you know. For me, the two games, there was the iconic court games, yeah. uh, the drawn game, uh, then down to the Banks of Lee for the replay, and then the, the Dirty Dozen and you know against Galway. And th- their two games that stick out in my memory as, as a seven-year-old. Um, talk to me about those two games against Cork, <coughs> um, and, and particularly that replay down down in. Down yeah, in. yeah, that was unbelievable. Eighty-three was an unbelievable year, and, and people ask me. I always remember we were back carrying the league against Tralee last year. With a very young team, an unknown team, and then Dublin hadn't beaten Kerry in the league for 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 a long time down there. I think it only happened recently again since then, about two years ago. So yeah, that was under Pat Gilroy. It was the first time. Yeah, to, yeah since yeah. then, so you know, so psychologically, that was a huge, that was a huge impact for us as a, as a young team. And uh, I mean, Jerry Hargan, I think, only came into the squad then as well. And um, so '83, all through that, when we started off, we went to the first round. The championship was was against Mead, and uh, we we drew it Mead, and then. Uh, we uh, we bet them in the replay. They went to extra time, so that was like a, a pre-run of what was going to happen like a couple of years there in in '91. But and we drew with them. I think um, Brian Jordan got a got a jammy goal. Uh, I think in the first match to equalise it, and, and, and but then it goes on. We we ended up uh, beating Offaly in, in the Leinster final, which that was the real target that year. I think for Heffron was just to get just revenge. To get out of Leinster, yeah, get out of Leinster, but more to beat Offaly mm. because they'd stuffed us the year before, and 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 the rivalry going back into the sort of semis was a lot of you know Dublin Offaly rivalry in Leinster at that stage. So when 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 we got to the semi final in against Cork, it was really unknown territory for for most of the squad, with the exception of um, Brian Mullins who had returned um, and uh, Tommy Drum, um, and we drew at Cork. And uh, you know you know you look at you look back at the matches and we drew at Cork with Ray Hazley, who was the corner back, ended up in the, at left corner forward, crossed the ball to Barney. Barney stuck in the back of the net to equalise. You know, nearly the last minute last against minute, Cork. Yeah, yeah and. We were devastated after that, but I mean, management really was really good. You know, lifted us after the game. I can remember Lorca Remington going and say, "Look, we're still in it. We we're the ones who are, are are on the up now because Cork could be down. They got caught in it right at the end, and then it was all the the, the fuss about um, Frank O'Sullivan. I think is still down to the, the Cork uh, secretary's kicking up about you know why should you know Cork have to travel again and all that stuff went on. So we ended up matches switched to Cork. Which really and Heffernan used that really really good. He said, "Affect him, you know, we'll go and beat him yeah. in the wrong back." Yeah, there. how how did he twist that? Because you know, even 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 in modern day football, something like that can kind of rattle a team. Something yeah, knocking yeah, them out yeah, of their no, comfort he, zone. He, he, and that was that was difficult at that stage because you would have played all your games in Crow Park Championship games, really. Well, outside the first rounds of Leinster, the first round of Leinster. Oh, absolutely. And so it was new territory, but it was just he was more or less about affect him. We're going to beat them in the wrong backyard, and that was the whole rallying cry around the team. Was here, we're mm. going to go down and stuff them down in Cork if that's what they want. We'll go and beat them anywhere. And then that just turned into be one of those games where you, where you just wish you were a fan, almost another player because it just came Every, out to be every, right. Everything went right. Everything went right. It was the weather was unbelievable. I think it might have been a bank holiday weekend, maybe it was, but they went down for the weekend. The weather was unbelievable. The crack down there, you know, it was the Dublin fans on tour at a time of the year where they would never be on tour, even like you know, other than than in Leinster, probably you know, going outside Leinster for them was a, you know, a trip to the, to, to to the Lee, and. Um, 
fantastic game. Like we just played really well, and I think it was big scores. And like what was it four, four, twelve to two ten or something. I mean, there was lots of scores and goals. John McNally I think scored two goals. Mullen scored a penalty. Uh, Kieran Duff got a goal. It was just one of those days where just everything went right. Like I, know, I mean, we were very innocent because I remember in the parking key walking up before the game and there was a, the the hill on tour was up at the, yeah. the, the not the town end the other end on, on the terrace and I remember walking up the crowd singing and shouting us to, you know Barney Barney give us a wave and we were grabbing Barney's hands and waving at the crowd it was you know stuff you wouldn't do today at all um, and um, you know we bet them handsomely and um, and that was just an unbelievable sort of experience because for us too most of the time you know it's on a completely new journey you know, having having reached the target was was to win the Leinster final by beating Offaly. Now we're into unknown territory, and it's you know it's becoming a dream. And, and then into the final against against Galway, which you know just turned out to be a different game for us. The reasons in terms of physicality of it, but also the weather was just a rubbish. I mean, compared to it was like you know playing in winter in the final and playing in the, in, in the glorious the, 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 the sun in the summer in the semi final. When you say physicality, were Galway just a different makeup in terms of how yeah, they I approach the game? Well, I know. I know the conditions obviously yeah, led was, to a different was, type of shocking play, weather-wise, different type of game. I, th- I think God were probably a bit more experienced too than, than us, and maybe had more fellows who are uh, had been around, you know, the pitch a couple of times before. So maybe just a bit more experience and probably looking at us having probably done down in Cork. So we were we were their favourites now from coming from nowhere to be the favourites having demolished Cork. Mm. Um, so. It just turned into that sort of physical game, and uh, I think the weather didn't happen, and the closest of the match, and then a couple of things happened, which made it worse, yeah. and it just got worse and worse. I was, as a, and when you look back at it now, you think, on, on, on TV, you think, oh my god, and you still think, if you didn't know, you, you, you'd, you'd know, oh yeah, this, the, the, the team around are going to win this because they've so much ball, they've so much possession, they're all down, camped almost outside the, the, the Dublin goal, like, they're going to win it. Do you do you have much memories from that day, like even half time in the dressing room? You know, uh, Brian Mullins had obviously been sent off. Ray Hazley was gone at that stage. It was it was thirteen v fourteen, and uh, the famous instant in the tunnel. In the tunnel, yeah. Tal- 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 Talty didn't come out in the second <coughs> half. Um, you know what happened that day? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I was in goal at the at the, uh, at the canal end in the first half, and at the time the dressing rooms were up in the canal end corner. So uh, what happened was I and you, you come in a bit of a tunnel, and then it was a left one for the one dressing room, and then on okay. up and into the right for the, for, the, for the, which was the Dublin dressing room. So what happened is I was forced in because I was up at the at that end of the goal. So when half time came, I was up in that corner into the dressing room. And I remember maybe the corner back came in with me. Who was we were in? And next minute, there was nobody coming in, and there was this big massive noise outside the door. And once took a head back outside, there was this big melee of fellas pushing and shoving at the sort of junction, if you like, on the corridor where the where, yeah, where, where, the, the, where the, the two um, dressing rooms part, if you like. So there was a port, and then of course all this burst of people into the dressing room where the sort of the plug was on 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 unlifted, if you like. And, Everyone flowed in into the dressing room, roaring and shouting, <laughs> melee, oh, F them, we're going to get them, all that sort of stuff. And uh, it just it sort of went out of control, if you like. But Heffo had to put a lid on that, obviously, at some stage. Yeah, 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 you had to yes. bring everybody back down, yeah, I suppose. Well, so for, for, for me, I think maybe, maybe Ray Hazel was in with me and was sort of really sort of quiet the dress. No one coming in this minute, bang, this big burst comes in the door, roaring and shouting and effing and blowing and that <laughs> sort of stuff. And we're going to get them. So that just, it just changed the whole momentum. And I think. I can't remember where we were probably a couple of points up maybe half time but now we're going to play uh, we're now sorry one they've two sent off and they one sent off I think so we're yeah, probably two, one man down yeah, it's one half man down time, half time yeah. uh, we're going to play against the wind and the rain and, and um, try and hang on to whatever we had so I think that was the plan was to sort of defend like Lions and hang on to what we had um, and just uh, just hang in there but it was more just it was just you know we're in a fight now lads we're gonna, there's no way we're going to back down here we're going to and then obviously Dully 
gets the line. <laughs> Dolly gets the line. Go, Jesus, like what's what's going to happen here? And it just, uh, you know, I just think we defended like like lines. It was just one of those backs to the wall tackles going in that we just wouldn't make normally go in. Pat Cannon had an unbelievable game that day. He was man of the match. Man of the match. Yeah, and Pat's such a quiet fella. Uh, mm. He was just he was phenomenal that day. And I remember at one stage they got a free. And they got blocked on the line, and then Barney was on the line beside me. You know, it was just that everyone was back defending. Uh, a bit like what you know, Donny Gall would be doing now in terms yeah. of teams. It was, it was, it was, it was literally the, the twelve men behind the ball hanging on for yeah, dear yeah. life. And really, John McNally set it up on his own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, one memory is you look at the, Joe McNally got a, it was a long ball kicked in over the top, and Joe got it. Got a score. Yeah, got, got a, a score. Point, yeah. really, and then he, you know, the goal was would have really killed it off then. And mm. uh, but he got a point, and that that. Even that score itself was a bit of a release valve for us because you know we went under the caution, got a break, break ball up the pitch, got a score, and that, that sort of really relieved the pressure. But I mean, we just, after that it was just you know the twelve apostles, the dirty dozen goes with. Yeah, goes I was, was going to ask you that. What the, the fallout after the final? Like obviously it was a huge high, and and you look at you look at today's <coughs> game and like anything that goes wrong, the controversy and it's overhyped and everything. What was the underlying feeling after that game? Obviously within Dublin there was huge elation and. The people on the Hill 16 didn't give a hoot. It was in All Ireland. Was there was there negativity towards Dublin outside out, out, outside uh, of the county? Yeah, I think there was a bit. I mean, you, you know, Dublin were sort of the team everyone wanted to hate because they'd won so much probably in the seventies, and there were it was a bit of a tail end of it. So there was always that sort of anti-Dublin feeling that you might you, you might pick up, you know, thirty-one against one type stuff. Mm. Um, but you're right. From when from when in the camp, it was just it was just unreal. Mm. I mean, so now I was what twenty two. Nearly better. It was any better, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great. With 12 you, know, you know, you can't, you can't, they can't untell the story. Um, and we did beat you with 12 men, all that sort of stuff. So, but it was more, I don't think, much more so much about the story of how it was just, you know, you win it, and that's just it was, it's it, that's all everything just goes after that. You, you win the All Ireland, you know, you know, that's quite young, it was 22. Um, and if you look at your career looking back, you think, well, look, this is the way it's going to be all the time, you know, playing in Ireland finals because we played in 84, 85 after that. So, mm. but 83, it was just incredible. I mean, you know, the emotion, the, you know, going around the cup, bringing it around the schools, all that stuff that goes with it. And that mm. just, the, the excitement uh, was just unreal. And did the two teams, the Dublin and Galway team, did you have a get together after match? Uh, well, at the time, yeah, you, the, the tradition was the, the, Monday, time was Monday, the, the Monday dinner in, in, in jury. So that happened, yeah. So that was. But you know, I didn't really care. Like, you know, <laughs> I didn't know any of these guys. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm only on the. On you were 22 years of age. You didn't care about who was in the my third championship. If you like, and forget the first one's really yeah, my second championship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, um, so you're, 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 you just don't care. I mean, you're, one day I learned, and you're more caught up in that. I didn't know any guy fellas anyway. So Mullins and the rest of us probably would have known him, and you know, Talty would have uh, knew Mullins. They think they they, they roomed together yeah, when they were in college type stuff, and. May have even played back in '74. So for some of them, it was the the, the look back to '74 when Dublin made the big show against Galway. But for us, the younger fellas didn't care. It was great. You didn't care. Yeah. You were on the rip for the week. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and afterwards, '84, '85. You know, you you touched on that both games to, against Kerry and yeah, they, were, they, they, were, were they regrets? Were they they were Kerry the better team across both finals? Could Dublin have been better? Could you have done things differently? I think we should have won one of them. I can't remember which one it was, but you know, but one of them we 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 took the game to them. I think it was the '85 one possibly, um, but we were very poor. I think in the '84 final, and I mean that was that was the lesson learned. Now you're all in champions, you know. So you're up there to be you're not. up there to be beaten, and it's you know it's it's uh, you're, you're on a different pedestal now coming into the '80 the '80 um, the '84 championship in the league and all that sort of stuff. Same in '85, and I think it was a big disappointment. Um, you know, to lose those two games, even just if you'd won one of them, you get something out of it. I think, uh, 
it was hard. I think Heffernan didn't, didn't take it very well. I mean, you know, losing to Kerry, obviously that was that were, they were his nemesis, at, you know, mm. at the time. So he uh, probably wanted to win, win dozens probably more over anything. If uh, if he could given any of the three to win, he'd I'd say would have picked one of the Kerry ones to win rather than than, than the Galway and one. The Galway one, uh, yeah. because that for him was it was. Uh, was and he, he was coming near the end at that stage, and yeah, uh, coming to the end. He, yeah, he, so he, I mean, it was coming to the end of his career as 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 the, as the double manager. Um, they were really disappointing. You look back on them now in your career. Because you know, I made the point like you know, you're 83, 84, 85, three finals in a row. Sure, it's not the way it's going to be. Not mm. knowing you wouldn't play another one for eight years, type of thing. So mm. it, it was okay. You know, 84. Okay, we're going for 85. Or, but the team was changing and evolving. You know, fellas had were, were leaving. Pat O'Neill had uh, finished. Tommy Drum wasn't was gone away. Um, you know, uh, Mullins finished playing. So there was a lot of, you know, chopping and changing, new fellas coming in and the old fellas leaving. So the team was was evolving and that was obviously going to mean it was going to change for a couple of years. But it was just, yeah, it was a big disappointment, you know, losing both of them. If you'd won one, now looking back, you think, well, okay. And, and that change in personnel and those, it kind of probably affected Dublin then going into... 86, 87, 88, there was probably a transition period. Big transition, year, I think 86. Yeah, Mead were emerging, Mead were kind of yeah, the, yeah, coming under by Offaly sort of gone away, then it was the emergence of Mead. Um, Sean Boylan had taken over there. Brian Mullins and Sean Doherty and Robbie Keller managed the team in 86. And then 87, I think um, Jerry McCall came in and then he had a stint for a couple of years. So a lot of change there with managers and selectors and the squad and, and um, you know not being very successful not winning Leinster then you know so you're back to where you were back in sort of you know 80, 81, 82 mm. um, so they were a tough couple of years in terms of I mean, you know when you're in it at the time you know as a player you just play on and you sort of less yeah. considered the bigger picture type stuff but looking back you think God, oh, it's maybe stuff we could have done or chopped and changed and games you lose is maybe a bit more mm. effort and a bit more focus of, of the squad and overall that, 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 that you sort of demand as, if you were demanding as a manager mm. looking back you know, just, you know we could have done more there so they were lean years and disappointing years I mean mm. won, we won a league I think in 80, 87, 87 we won a league and that against was Kerry Dully got a goal break, yeah yeah big breakthrough and uh, a bit like beating Kerry in 83 in the league like we were a very young team you know um, Declan Budger playing midfield had a really fabulous game that day midfield took Jack O'Shea out of it and Looked like you know we were we were on a, a an, up, an upward curve, yeah. and then um, but that's it. That just, that just didn't happen then. Mm-hmm. And during that period, you you were lucky enough to captain Ireland in the international rules series, and and international rules back then was was a big thing. It was probably higher profile, I suppose, than it is is now to be selected and play with Ireland and travel out to Australia. Um, you fond memories of that? Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, eighty four the Australians come over, and eighty um, four was the centenary that came over the first time. And uh, the funny thing was, there was three tests, and we were myself, Martin Furling, and Charlie Nettigan were given one each. You know, it was a sort of political thing. You know, kid them all one each, and lucky enough, I played in the second one at Crow Park, which was the only one of that series that we won. So, having played in that, it was it, it was uh, it was oh, it was great. It was just you know something completely different. It was mad stuff, and it was just seriously. It, well, mad. It, it was it was seriously mad back then. I. No, I recall being in the Cusick stand, you know, I think it probably was 84, and I think they had a guy, did they have a goalkeeper, Macintosh or Macintosh, something? Macintosh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. who... He took head off Barney. Yeah, 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 and I remember him coming out and grabbing Bomber, listening on the ground and weighing into him and stuff like that, and I remember sitting in the stand thinking, this fella's off his rocker, but, like, was there, was there, was there talk about 
that side of the game within the dressing room. Like I know, I know myself. When we went down in 1999. There would have been a lot of joking among lads going, you know, saying, "Well, when it kicks off, you're on your own." <laughs> you know what I mean? Joking, messing, and stuff yeah. like that. But like it was different back then. It was one in, all in. Like I have a fond memory of you running the length of the pitch. You see the clip every now and then with, yeah, the, yeah. with I, the fists up. I, I was not <laughs> you really. Know what I mean, when you were running up, what were you thinking? Were you thinking? I was not reeling in the ears on because I get the text about it. You know, so yeah, uh, 84. I think was a surprise because I. Know I don't think if you like as a team or a country we were we were just ready for us because I mean uh, you had a uh, big fella the DPR Domenico um, the Dipper yeah the Dipper yeah I mean they just they were just huge and <laughs> the physicality of the way they played their own game was completely different to our game so mm. we were just getting clobbered all over the place um, nothing to do with football it was, it was no late, rails it was no reckless it was stuff. a late tackle <laughs> if I was getting taken out of the tournament man tackle it was it was probably made gaining football had been played maybe in the 40s or something I don't know but um it was just great again to be part of it, the international type stuff, all the exposure and that type of stuff. And then '86, two years later, was the you know the next one. But so we we were better prepared for it then. And then Herfernan was in charge. There was a lot of furore about him getting the job over mm. over. Um, and did, over did just Bar. it was obvious you you prepared for the rows in '86, did you? Oh yeah, we were, we were much more ready for it. Um, <laughs> it's ghastly. You weren't pre- you weren't preparing for the actual. Well, we, football. Yeah, it, was yeah. more, it was more or less. You know, we have to we have to stand up to these guys. So, oh yeah, there was. I remember there was a there was a call. We had like it was, we had. A, I think we had a call called Fear and a Heron or something like that. So if that call went out, it was all in <laughs> because we knew what to expect. So um, the first test was in was in Perth. Um, that was the use. I think Jack O'Day got his nose broken, and that one from from a late uh, a late tackle. And I, I actually um, was trying to broke a bone in my hand, and uh, so I remember the following morning after. How? The, uh, no, 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 I was just knocked over. And so uh, it was a late tackle. I was clearing the ball. The fellow late tackled me, and, and when I went down, I landed on my hand and I broke a bone in my hand. And so I remember, that, you know, the next morning after that, it was that the second test. One of the, I remember myself and Jack, I remember myself and Jack and Shane ending up in, in hospital the morning after one of the tests, either the first or the second one. Jack with his nose broken. Yeah. I had a broken bone in my hand. And, um, but I, I was okay with the play and play, strapped it up and I played, played in, 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 in the rest of the test. But they were just mad. I mean, it was just 86, we were, we were better prepared. I mean, and we were. We were better prepared for what was to expect and obviously better prepared to deal with it because it was look one in all in type stuff we weren't yeah. going to back down here and that, there was no way with Heffron he was going to allow these fellas back down and then they bet us in the first test in Perth and uh, the, the, the manager uh, I think his name was John Todd went on radio over there and called, uh, called us wimps and apparently that was relayed back over here and it was just, and the country went mad, you know. That we just, Are you serious, yeah. That was, yeah. And then we that came back to us, and it was a furore that he because we didn't know he'd said it. We had said it, came back to us, got back into the camp, and that just, you know, that was a red <laughs> right to bull for Heffernan. There was no way this was going to happen. And then we uh, we bet them well in the second test in I think Adelaide, and then we bet them in the, in the deciding one in um, in yeah. Melbourne. And, uh, so a huge highlight of your career. You know, oh, that massive. was it was, it was huge. You're know, going away, you're touring, you're with mm. friends. It's not just like railway cup. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it, was, it was it was the opportunity to live life as a professional, yeah, proper sports like, guy, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you went away, you were in, in camp, if you like, um, yeah, you know, and then you're playing with fellas who who so we knew would have known the Lancer guys, like of you know Mick Lyons, and it was great mm-hmm. having played with them for Lancer, and then we're playing with them for for Ireland, and you know, it, Mick loved this stuff. I mean, it was right up his alley, yeah, in his <laughs> you know. Um, and, and so it was great to play with fellas like him in, in this this yeah. world. But you're right, we're like proper professionals. We're on tour. We're in camp. We're training in the morning, resting and training in the afternoon. All that type of stuff. It was just it was and a load of beer at night time. A load of beer at night time. <laughs> and, and socialising with somebody else because we played them in a, in a test match. You know, the pre warm up match to yeah. sort of get used to each other and the rules down in, in, in Bunbury. And um, 
I remember, you know, Domenico and, and Mick Lennon were squaring up to each other in, in a nightclub or a bar somewhere, like, you know, <laughs> just look at each other. You know, because you were a few boys were always fighting. But it was, uh, that was great, you know. So, you're, you've, you've, so quite early, you know, it's what, what, 25, you've, you've come from minor, played in All-Ireland, won in All-Ireland, played in a couple of All-Irelands, and now you're playing for your country abroad. Um, yeah, that was that was just unbelievable, uh, you, know, you know, that trip. And meeting fellas and getting to know fellas from, from around the country who you wouldn't. Um, wouldn't ever have met before. I remember meeting you know Damien O'Hagan who played with Tyrone, uh, but in the '78 All Ireland semi final in the minor, uh, Dublin had beaten Tyrone. He got clocked by the goalkeeper, uh, Paul O'Toole, as it turns out. But he always thought it was me. So blame you for <laughs> he always blame me for you know, it. Kind of Paul O'Toole never played again. I know he played the following year and I ended up playing senior. But he always, he always thought it was me. Till I met him in, 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 in Australia in '86 and we started. He started. I was like, Were you playing '78? No, I was up. I always thought it was you at the clock. <laughs> but it was just Brilliant great stuff. to get to that you know social level with, with, with fellas. Yeah. So after that, obviously back to Dublin, as you said, and Jerry McCall was there for a few years. And I know you got out of Leinster in 1989, I think, and then Cork beating the semi-final. But the team began to build again, I suppose, for the 90s. And 1991, obviously, played a huge factor in that. <coughs> and, and, and those four games, um, like, again, iconic in, the term, in terms of memories for, for me as a Dublin supporter on Hill 16 I know he came out the, the wrong side of it but it was, it was it, they were four special games really against, oh, against yeah, me I mean, that, 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 you know it's like you know going to Australia playing international rules this was just another experience where we ended up almost again like professionals because we played four games in six weeks so I'm always mm-hmm. amazed if you hear this talk today of the, the six day turnaround and all this you know rubbish we played yeah. four games in six weeks and three of them went extra time three of them went extra well, time two, no two the first one the first one would have went extra time yeah that's right two went extra time so and, and it was the best part of it because you weren't training so that was the best mm. part of, of training was playing matches and it was just mm. competitive it was championship football at its best and you were still in the championship yeah. you were still playing against the same guys so took six weeks to get one of us knocked out but the games themselves I mean people ask me about you ever watch them I said no no because I know the result you yeah, know so, yeah. or, or, and you've never sat down and watched them have you ever watched I've the seen bits of them you know to be on reading the years or the type of stuff you, 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 there's more cringe stuff in it than you think oh because you, you, you sort of look to think oh there's where we lost the second one yeah. or there's where we lost the like third Dub- one the Dublin like, were in control a few times across that, that series and, and, and yeah um, you, you then you, you look at the last goal. Funny, uh, it was like last weekend when Donegal scored a goal against us um, last week. It, it reminded me of the '91 goal. Yeah, the hand into the net. And yeah. ends with the back of the net. And then you look. I saw recently. You look at the game. You think, even halfway through it, you still don't see a goal coming. Even though you know the result, because there's still yeah. lots of chance for it to go wrong yeah. or fellas to do stuff. And yeah, uh, you, you know, we start up in the corner, worked all the way down. It was, it was, it was just. It was like it was a phenomenal was, goal. You step back, a phenomenal goal, absolutely. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, if you score yourself, you'd be gone. This is phenomenal stuff, and unbelievable. And it's just, but just to lose it, and again by a point, it wasn't even you lost the last and by five or six points, you were well, you were stuffing. Yeah. It was just so. so, so. Dur- during that series of games, in between the games, like in terms of analysis, in terms of the detail. Was there, was there much done? You know, you look at the modern day game now, and if, if if when a game goes to replay, there's a lot of scrutiny done on the opposition teams, and the game is never, the, the replay never <laughs> replicates the first game. 
those four games were nearly <laughs> were nearly yeah, the same. Yeah. Like you know, like four nearly, quarters. Yeah, yeah like and, and guys were I suppose allowed to express themselves. You know, there was obviously plenty of hard hitting and stuff like that. But it, w- it wasn't like the modern game. I was just wondering between those games, did you sit down? Was there a lot of meetings? Did you analyze Mead, or was it a case of just focusing on our own game and getting out there? No, and yeah, doing no, what no, we no, do we best. You know, what you're going to do the opposition. I mean, all that stuff would have started back. I mean, I remember Heffernan doing that back in the '80s, where he had a had a video up in the top at Hogan Stand, and we would sit watching the video of the game and. It was like watching mice running around the pitch because you know the, the, mm, so, so far, far back. back. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you no HD then. <laughs> no, no. Well, you still going because you know. So who were you? Who's, who, where were you when the goal went? And I say you got. You still knew where you, you were. Yeah, where yeah. You, you had to make a you know excuse of why you went that way and I suppose the other way. So that was 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 within Dublin, but nowhere near the level of, of it is now. But yeah, we would have spoken with me and what are you going to do and chopping and change and change the play and. Yeah. There was a fair few changes in personnel, I think, across the four games. Yeah, it was, yeah. You, 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 different fellas in different positions. <coughs> you look at some of the teams, you go, jeez, I don't remember him yeah, playing yeah, there, or yeah. that pl- person playing, or that, you know, that mixture. So there was a lot of chopping and changing um, uh, on both sides. I mean, it was just, but I suppose it, it's hard to wonder why it ended up that way and why one team, either, either me, I'm sure, were doing the same analysis that we were doing mm. between the games, why they didn't, they didn't win the second one or, 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 vice, yeah, yeah. or, or vice versa. But I think... The, lots of the games, you know, we were well on top mm. and had lots of chances, you know, to put them away with just, you know, chances, penalties missed, chances missed, balls dropping the square. I remember Vinny and Paul Clark jumping the same ball in the square yeah, with yeah. only the goalkeeper behind them and yeah, you yeah. need them getting in the end and lots, you know, stuff like that and goals that we, we conceded. It's, it's, it's more of a frustration even though it's so long ago. Yeah, yeah. You sort of look back well, and still, yeah, it still, still sits in the, still sits uh, yeah, in the yeah, coach. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But what, what did it, did it inspire that group of players to go forward then and win, you know, four Leinsters in a row and be in three All Ireland finals. Was what well, like was that something was that the players spoke about at the time? Uh, that you know we have to get this right. Mead are now our biggest rival in Leinster. We have to get on top of them. See, the, the, you know, the back door wasn't around then, so mm. you had to wait a whole year to get back. So it, it's 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 not that it's sort of up front of your mind because just we would just finish playing and that was it. You wouldn't be together mm. then until maybe. I don't know November time when the league yeah, started. Yeah. So, but then coming around championship time, yeah, and that you know that's talking you know, yourself sort of starts around April May the championship job. What way is lined up? When are you playing them again? So you know you're you're back into it in 80, 80, 92 Then uh, we ended up playing them in the Leinster final, whatever the draw was. So we had to wait till the final to get them back, and then uh, we bet them in ninety two. We've been in the final ninety two. I can't remember now. Yeah, yeah so Leinster, we, final, Leinster final ninety two. Yeah. We bet them and. Um, you know, but at that time the rivalry had sort of swung back and forth. You know, they win one, you know, then they win a couple, and vice versa. So it was almost like an evening up at the balance. I think because mm. I think I played Mead, I think fifteen times in championship over the years, and uh, lost or whatever was nothing. We won one seven and and, and lost eight or something. Like that was that, yeah, that's, yeah, but yeah. it was that close. Um, yeah, but but ninety two comes. Yeah, it's about Mead. It's a bit like almost like eighty three was about Offaly getting out of Leinster. Ninety two sort of became it was about me to getting back out of Leinster and revenge for ninety one. And uh, you know, secretly probably delighted that they didn't win the All Ireland that year. Mm. You know, they went all the way and that was yeah, that that probably knocked a lot out of me, I think, at the time because I'd had the four games and they went all the way to the Ireland final, had, yeah. had a replay against Wicklow in, in Leinster as well. Yeah, they had to play Wicklow the following week. I think they, That's they right, would have played six games and, yeah, and yeah. Um, ended up losing the other. So I think it took a lot of it lot out of Mead. Mm. Um, but you're right, like ninety two it was about beating Mead and then uh, you know, we you, you go all to all the way to the Ireland final and get the circle punch against Donegal. Is, is that one that oh, yeah, that's a real that's you know it's a real disappointment because I, and, what, and what happened John obviously Clare Clare had come through in terms of the All-Ireland semi-final and, and Dublin went in as 
strong, oh, strong, strong favourites. favourites. I, I, think we, we, I took a lot of criticism after that match. Yeah, I think we went to watch, if memory says me right, we went to watch Donegal, I think, in Mayo in the semi-final, mm. in the other semi-final, so we actually went as a team into Crow Park to watch it. And in hindsight, that didn't help either because that was, it was, that was a it was really awful poor game. match. Awful match. And I think, you know, so you would have come away from that having, you know, beaten Clare as, as expected, playing well, you know, through Leinster, um, looking at, at your opposition. In, in, in a, and um, I think we just fell into believing the hype of, you know, we're into the final, we're going to beat Tony Gall, there's not much coming us, and we just walked into a circle punch on the day. And that, that's the one that, of all the games you've lost over over the 18 years, that's probably the one that's six It's the one you hate, hate yeah. people bringing up. <laughs> yeah, not so much maybe because of, you know, Tony Gall, it just had to be just them, but it was just it's more just, ourselves. So we just, you didn't get your own performance right. didn't get our performance day, right. Yeah. We just walked into the circle punch, and on the day then you couldn't wrestle it back because, you know, Donegal were a different team against us. And the Donegal Dublin final was a very different game to the Mayo Donegal semi final. You know, it wasn't yeah. the same, and they they just end up in a battle that day. It was a poor football, as it can happen, and in the, in the semi in the final, and they just blossomed against us, and they they um, they got ahead of us, and we just couldn't chase them down. Mm. But I, that team had obviously went on then, I suppose ninety ninety semi final against Derry, Derry again, you know, late, late late Johnny McGurk point, um, and then ninety four yeah. the bad the bad day, and other conditions I suppose were poor that day against Down as well. Down came into that game on a high. Mickey Lindham, I remember the build up but that final was a talk about who was going to mark Mickey Linden yeah. Mickey Linden was just on fire um, I think Kerner started on him and then Clarkey went back on him and but he he, he he was too tough to handle that day wasn't he yeah he was too, and, and they were a good side though. I mean you know, mm. they, you know they, they had been playing good football for, 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 for a couple of years and won in 91 so you know there were there were there were there were danger team come you know come, it wasn't like it wasn't like ninety two we thought oh we're going to beat Donegal we're favourites you're coming against a really good team here it was one and all learning only three years previously mm. and um, looking back to the penalty miss was obviously the big the big turning point because you know we were still well within that game and, and it's 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 one one we uh, one we could have won and you know with, with a bit of luck in the penalty probably we could have won it you know easy enough it was there to be taken and probably you know we gave it a good go. So it would be huge as a point about our performance or our effort. They were a good side, and we had missed a penalty, and that just made it harder. To, you know, to climb that hill on the day. And nineteen ninety five, you, you win your second All Ireland. You're captain of the team. You're twelve years older. Yeah, uh, so yeah. It, was, it was it was it was a different experience. Different experience. Yeah, we're 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 much more. <clears throat> I remember, I remember on the. Uh, the dinner on the mo- after the All Ireland in in '94, and I was captain in '94, and I'd been captain in '93. So, you know, I had been captain for the for the experience of losing to Derry and then losing the final. I remember in the dinner of the, 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 the DJ Kane got presented with a little replica of the Sam Maguire, and, and I thought, you know, I, I, for me that was a personal that was my personal was to get yeah. that next year. I assume I was going to still be captain, but that was one of the things that I remember in '94 looking at him getting the, even the miniature thing as the captain in the dinner afterwards. You know, that's something I, I want next year. Um, but the team had matured from the you know the four games in ninety one, the ninety two then they go Derry. Learned a lot of lessons. Learned a lot of lessons, and we're we're, we're a hardened team now. We're probably much more settled in terms of, of the squad is quite relatively yeah. settled. And did you feel you had to do anything different as uh, as captain during that period? Was there like did that team underachieve? Do you think? I don't think. Well, underachieves. If, if if you look at the totality of sort of from even ninety one to ninety five, I think you know we were knocking on the door. Mm. You could say you underachieved, and a lot of times if the, on the previous sort of six years we weren't knocking on the door right, at all. Yeah, yeah. So if you go eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, three All Ireland in a row, and then you've nothing then until ninety one for six years, not even close one All Ireland semi final. Yeah. Whereas this team was, was it was making progression, progression, 
So how would you have compared the two teams, the team from the 83, 84, 85 to the team of that 90s? I think ultimately the, the, the 90s team was probably a better team. You know, it was much more consistent at the top end, if you take mm-hmm. so from, you know, three finals and an All-Ireland semi-final uh, in four years. That at that level, I mean, and coming off the '91, even mm, that performance, more consistent, was, yeah, yeah. much more consistent. Um, so it was a different era, I suppose. A well. different era too. The game, and the game had, had evolved. Yeah, the game has changed. It's a different yeah. bunch of players too, and it's a different sort of management. So, and again, you know, the game has evolved in terms mm. of as, as as it always does. Mm. So '95, I think, you know, if I'm the '94. I remember sitting down. I think it was maybe corner a couple of days. Look, we're not we're leaving this behind us. You know, we need to rally again and come at it. We've done it before, and 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 so we were we were sort of fo- very focused on getting back. You know, for '95. You know, not we're saying you have to win all the way through. You know, again, win your first round, your last to finals. But the focus was was back to back to win the All Ireland for '95. And that was obviously Jason Sherlock's breakthrough yeah. years. We know Jail. You know, came out of that year as as one of the heroes of the hill. Um, he came from minor in 94 and I suppose it was, was a brave decision to throw him in yeah. uh, so young did the attention that he got help the rest of the team did it take the pressure off did it give did it give <laughs> the media a focal point because everybody was talking about J.O. that year and did it let did it let everybody else kind of just kill him with their game yeah it probably did yeah. I mean, he was a bit like you know in, in 83 we had John McNally who played in the minor team you know the year before yeah. so that sort of marquee for young, youngster coming through and but much more there's much more hype now about it now so it, it it did, but it also gave us the other problem of trying to manage the Jo issue, which was you know keep him 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 yeah. protected. He's one of fifteen, yeah. He's yeah. one of fifteen, but he's yeah. also the one that you know he, yeah. he is only he was under pressure. Off he's, he's under, under pressure, pressure, so he could keep the pressure off him. So we were, did it quite a bit of work. I think Mick, Mick Galvin would have known quite well. And Mick, Mick became a sort of a bit of his minder, if you like, in terms of making sure we were, we were okay there. And we would have spent a bit of time, Mick, myself, Pan and Neil, even just talking like you know you know how we were going to look after him, protect him, and mm. mind him, you know, because he was starting off okay, but then as, as the championship goes on, he becomes much more of an icon and there's much more focus on him. And uh, again, um, I think the, the you know again he played really well against Cork in the semi final that year, and we've beaten me by ten points in the final in the Leinster final. So we're mm. we're 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 very progressive. We're yeah. we're very you know there. We're, we're a little bit like the team now, we were we were beginning to sort of dominate the championship and the, be very the, consistent. The Leinster final was was huge that year because to beat Mead and to beat that Mead team by ten points, I know they were probably coming to the end, but it was the first time, certainly from my perspective as a, as a fan, stand on Hill Sixteen to be able to relax for the last four or five minutes <coughs> and know that they always come back, but they're not coming back from this one. And it was a real, it was a kind of a sucker, it was a statement nearly. That, yeah, that oh, absolutely. Because yeah. if you look at all the games, like, oh, you would have played against me between 1980 and 97. With the exception of that game, there's, all, there's only either a goal or a yeah, point, point or two in the, in the whole. And you tot up the scores in totality and, and, and aggregate the money, it's still only about three or four points in the difference with yeah. the exception of that game. So for us, it was a real statement. It was a huge and confidence taken. Yeah, yeah, and we bet them with 10 points. And it wasn't that we bet them by you know, three goals and one point. It was 10 points on the scoreboard. So we really, you know, th- that was great satisfaction for lots of players, you know, to beat Mead and to beat them by 10 points and in the manner which, of which we did. And mm. again, I think it was a st- sort of a statement of where we were. We were we were a very strong squad and a very strong team. And, you know, the f- that was coming since ninety one, if you like, mm. uh, and then to, to, to beat them the way we did, even though we bet them in between, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a real statement of I think just maturity and focus of of, of where this team was. And what were your memories of the final that day against Tyrone? Uh, well, the, yeah, the Charlie been sent off, and you know, twice type of thing. Sort of, you didn't really realize what sort of the first bit had happened, uh, and I can remember actually. I can remember coming for a ball uh, was coming into the sky and. and uh, 
you know, I jumped on uh, Paddy, Paddy Morrison claims I broke his back, but he only two knees his back, you know, jumping the punch of ball out and catch it. And then and there's obviously one where I punched another one out where, where Peter Kahneman touched the ball on the ground and got the point that was, was, wasn't given and there was all hype about that. Um, but like, like most games, you know, as the game, you know, is going, as you know, you sort of don't really remember mm-hmm. that much. You, know, you sort of either you look at the, at the TV the following day or someone reminds you, oh, yeah, I remember that now, or, or the chat about it. So yeah. just the end, really. You know, just the falling over the line, yeah, falling yeah. over the line, because yeah. of all the ones you look at, you know, where you played them, and you know, we just, you know, even eighty three and ninety five, we sort of fell over the line and both, both of them, both of them, yeah, both of them, and, uh, in their own rights, really, yeah. yeah, and then you know, again, finished with fourteen man a man down, and and and, and it with Charlie, you know, put off, and yeah. and that last score, the equalising score, the, when you were, did you, when that went over the bar, did you think we were heading for a replay? Oh, the one was just the one wasn't yeah. given you thought. Well, it's funny, I knew quite quickly the referee had given the free. Because I had punched it out and I went, sort of went by him on one side and he touched it, so I knew straight away the referee given the free. So I wasn't that because I think just whatever way with my line of sight was, yeah. you were given the free. So the celebration for me wasn't there. It was more of a, okay, keep the focus on the kick out, calm the fellas down. We're still in the game, you know, we're, we're still ahead, and it was about it's about the kick out, making sure it goes to whoever's supposed to go to, or, or, or we keep possession going. I can remember Clarkey's point, uh, which turned out to be the winning point. Um, and again, look, it sort of does feel a bit like '83. We look back at it where you're hanging on and hanging on, and you know, just, you know, staying in there. So for me, the memory is, is just you know the final whistle. Mm. And I had a conversation with Corners uh, somewhere through the championship. He said, "Oh yeah, well, you know," he, he said, "I'm going to break your leg, and I'm going to want to collect the cup." And I said, "I make a deal with you. We collect it together." Oh, so that was <coughs> that was just a pure chance conversation. That, yeah, that's well, why he went up. Actually, that, that's why. So uh, and, and I remember saying to him at the bottom of the steps. He said, oh, that's just something you know, remember the day we made. And he'd forgot, sort of forgotten about it. So that's why if you look at it, you know, that's where the two of us lifted yeah, up together. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. sort of a, it was just, because he was the vice captain. Right. So right. it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, a conversation we had had somewhere early in the time. It was like, you know, we're going to collect the cup, we're going to break our legs. And I'm going to collect it. <laughs> As I know, we'll collect it together. And right. so I just remember that at the, at the bottom of the test meetings. Come on, remember, remember the day we made. Yeah. And, and obviously, ujulation after that. You know that team had had got its just reward for all the effort they put in. Did you sense at that time it was the end of the road for that that group of players? Not really. I mean, you know, no, it didn't because at the time you you you, you know, I mean, it really became the end. I think because Pat O'Neill changed the manager, and then everything changed anyway. So yeah. whenever a new manager comes in, you know, the yeah. thing changes. Yeah. You 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 would have been critical, of Mickey. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. In your book at the time when you retired, you you felt that. 2000 and or, or 1996 when Mickey took over, the whole environment you felt changed. Yeah, I felt I mean, I'm sorry, I was probably overcritical because you're sort of you're within the camp and you're sort of annoyed and angry and disappointed. So, I mean, Pat O'Neill was offered a one year extension on his on his term, which was just it was just insulting for a fellow who's been with there since '92 with Paddy Cullen '91 since Paddy Cullen and, and you know had now delivered the the all learning that we had craved for so long and been yeah. so close and let's build him, on this type let's build on this and they give him a one year extension for, yeah. for his term which was just ridiculous and just it was it was just bad manners mm. so I mean and then you know Mickey comes in and um, it's different I mean things change then so it's, it's a different environment some players when we finish up new players come in um, and we probably got a bit softer mm. 
so it's a combination of everything you know maybe the old management changes and that so co- cohesive you would have had together sort of just falls away and the cracks start to appear and, and we just and probably the, some of the players are in kind of celebratory mode haven't got there as well it's yeah, difficult yeah. it's difficult it's, to come back it, and it is difficult to keep it, particularly, particularly with a new manager when you're all earning champions yeah you're a new manager you're all earning champions and particularly because you know a lot have been on the road for if you like for mm. if you go roll it back to 91 you're, 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 you're really chasing so there's a huge maybe draining we've got there and I just don't have the energy anymore to keep going and and, and, and you know, but it, it, you sort of the team falls away, mm-hmm. so it, it'd be very hard for a new manager, looking back to come in and keep that all together, having just won an All Ireland of, of of the road we'd been on for so let's say for five years and having won it and keep it going, keep fellas fresh, um, and that sort of fed into the change. And then for Mickey, it became difficult then because things sort of fell apart in terms of results and players, and he's bringing in new players. So it took a you know, and then you look at took how long it took to sort of get back up to where where they are now. So mm-hmm. not unlike if you like eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, and then was, you, was was, a, you were different for six or seven years, years before we came back up again. And it sort of yeah, yeah. played out almost a little bit longer, as it turns yeah. out, but almost the same in terms of you know, you know, you know the difference. When, when, when did retirement first come into the mindset? Um, I think probably you know the ninety seven championship, and I think it's probably. We got bet in the first round that year, so you know, that, and there's no back door like now. So it's, it's, it's over in June. It's year, just over yeah. in June, I think, you know. So I've been captain in '96, and then um, Keith Barrett taking over as captain in in '97. So I just think the energy and the desire was was Longer becoming was gone, yeah. well, it was just becoming less less comfortable in, in terms of the way the way the way the team was now. So having, if you like, become very professional mm. to being sort of not at where I would have expected the team to 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 to, to stay at, and it was getting you know sloppy is probably the wrong word, but it just wasn't as as focused as you know professional or as tight as as it had got, mm. and that was a huge frustration for me. Mm. And you looking back, is you, that a natural? Is that a natural instinct in older players? Though is that something that you know, even reflecting on from my own perspective, when guys get into their thirties, do they not adapt to change as well as as? They would when they're twenty one, twenty two, where they just kind of ah yeah, listen, throw anything at me no, here. It doesn't bother me. I, th- I think there's, there's a different mindset. Think right, you get into you're, that. You're, we are thinking more about what's going on. So yeah, you're you, more critical of and you're watching everything. You're more, more critical so. of of even let's say managers or selectors or other players because yeah. you, you know you've set a bar so high for like yeah. new fellas coming in, which couldn't be at that bar, but you're unrealistic or unreasonable in terms of yeah. the young yeah. Kieran Wheeler coming in. Yeah, yeah. Well, why the fuck is he playing like a, sorry, in a like yeah. a nineteen year old? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. why hasn't he you know got the maturity the rest of us have? And yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're sort of less forgiving. And I've noticed maybe you, you know looking back to sort of nineteen eighty eighty one. Were we the same? I'm probably wearing, you yeah, know, yeah, Tommy yeah. Drums are always looking at us again. God's sake, look at these fellas, you know, acting the maggot. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, it had just become, it had become less enjoyable. Mm. And plus, you know, at that stage it was, what, 30? You're a long way down the road. Almost 36, long way down the road. I've been at it for 18 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was my time. Yeah, it, it's uh, difficult to retire. T- talk to me about the mindset of a goalkeeper. Um it's a very, it's a unique position that probably people don't appreciate. Usually pressurising. There's no room for mistakes. <coughs> you know, do you have to be half mad to be a goalkeeper? Well, apparently so. Yes, I never, never <laughs> am. You know. <laughs> um, but were you? Were, did you have a relaxed approach, or did you get nervous before games, or you know, what was your? How, you know, where what were the key things you prepared for? Because hugely pressurising to stand in front of Hill 16 and stand between those two posts, knowing that one mistake here. 
Yeah, you know, so... And, and, and I'm a sitting duck. <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, there is... So I never thought that much about it, if you like, so it, it, it was very much part of what I was doing, so, you know, it wouldn't be over, I wouldn't be overthinking it, I'd be relatively, you know, relaxed and chilled about it, but you still have the anxiety, you know, of, I mean, my biggest worry used to be sort of taking kickouts because, you know, I know I kicked a few into the fella selling ice cream in the front row of the hotel stand a few times, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know I was making. I was only on wet days. Was only wet days, yeah, bad days. Or, you know, fellas like you weren't catching it, so <laughs> who do I kick it to now? So that was that used to be my biggest worry with the kickouts was you know to make, to make yeah. sure they were consistently long, yeah. going in the right direction. So that almost became the more pressurised part of it because, okay, the, the shot stopping or the pr- shot stopping was sort of almost yeah, natural, natural instinct yeah. type stuff yeah. and it becomes part of being a goalkeeper so yeah. you, you stop the shots and you're jumping around like a mad joke diving and all that's great cracking um, whereas the kicker was slightly different it was a little bit more pressurised there's very much more focus on, you know you see putting the ball down the small square and you had to kick it out so a lot yeah. of decisions but, and so I got better at that over the year in terms of you, you, yeah. just the quality of the kickers improved through practice because I mean the year we won the minor all Ireland in 79 I wasn't taking the kickers from the 21 yard line Right. So I only, only kicked them from the wide. So that's how short yeah, my kickers yeah, were. I yeah. wasn't that Pe- strong. People forget it used to be from the from the, the small from the small square, square for the well, wides. Yeah. The so, wides. But yeah, I took so those because it's probably back closer to the goal. Whereas if the yeah. twenty one, I used to kick from the other from the twenty one. So I wasn't as good. So actually, Vincent yeah. Conroy used to take the kickouts. Yeah. The fullback. But when you hit them off the small square, you were kind of you were they were always going to either to the right or left. It was very hard to pull it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a different So tend to be on the right hand side. He was down the right wing. Yeah. Uh, or on the left hand side, and so you have a sort of a natural angle. To, to that's your favourite yeah. kick out so one of them was always put you a little bit under pressure to sort of get it right now over the years you, you just get it better whereas, the, whereas you, as you, you go from the 21 yard line well you can give all yeah. all ranges to, to and like the, invo- the involvement of a goalkeeper in the 80s was kind of wearing gloves and wearing rugby boots to kick it longer and stuff like that was where they were they were they were things like you you didn't wear gloves I didn't you? wear gloves no no so uh, just a bit of spit in the hands and that was type of stuff it was particularly on dry days and, and I still wouldn't if I was playing so I'm, I'm just looking at maybe the gloves have, have evolved to be much more tackier and stickier now they're so big you think Jeez, how can they catch yeah. the ball they're so big but I mean yeah I mean I would have started off playing people you know all of memory with a pair of black torn boots which were um, a bit more looked more like a rugby boot yeah. But then after a while, black turn you couldn't get them anymore. Um, so that's how I evolved into, into the what was the was the flankering was the Adidas rugby boot, right. uh, and that's how I, I, I sort of stuck with them. They just gave me gave me that extra, me that extra power connection distance, more yeah, so yeah. and consistency in terms of you know delivering the power and, and, yeah. and they had a sort of a, they had a more of a square toe on them than traditional boots. You know, they, so you got a better striking uh, and and just it, it worked for me yeah. uh, and the gloves. But I just never I only wore them when it, when it was wet type of stuff. So. Yeah. And when, when, you, when you when you sit back now and you look at the modern day goalkeeper and you look at Stephen Cluxton and you and you look how the position has evolved and how important now the kick out strategy is and you know midfield is not as important anymore it's not one dimensional and nearly the makeup of a goalkeeper now is more about his kick out than his nearly shot stopping would you would you feel it's gone that way or you know over the over the last ten years? Well, I think Stephen, I, I don't think. The Game necessarily has gone that way. I think Stephen Cluxton has. He doesn't has, have to pull himself. off saves anymore. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but I think his his you know his his kick out delivery in terms of accuracy has changed what what other goalkeepers are expected to do now. Mm. So I just think his, his it's it's about his accuracy and, and his consistent delivery of that sort of even if it was only a thirty or forty or you know yard you know kick out to the wings and seeing the, seeing the, the you know the free man and his ability to pick out the free man he has really raised the bar for goalkeepers for, for from the kick out aspect. 
I mean, I'd love to be taking the you know the two yard kick out that they take now, which which yeah. is put it down. Gone. That would have taken the pressure off you, John. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but I could see massive pressure on the likes of uh, Paddy Moran or Mick Kennedy. <laughs> going, oh no, no. So you know, there was, there was a time. Well, if, if, the up, if all the opposition is in the other half, they, they would have been okay. Been okay. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, you know. But you know, you, I, I'd be putting the ball in and fellas walking out with their back to you because <laughs> don't give it to me. Short kickouts, and I, I I took a lot of short kickouts, but they, they tended to be. To sort of you know the wing half back, so I'd go to a team with Paul Corn, you know, where something he'd step out and if it was on, it was always give it. So there was, mm. there was people still to say to me, you know, you used to give me heart attacks with your short kickouts. I mean, relative to today, there were long ones. Yeah, yeah. You can consider so we we had a kicker routine to a lot of stuff to corner. He'd step in and we had a routine where you know the, the centre back would stay in and the cornerback would go really wide and leave that space. So we had lots of routines. So you, you know, work the short kicker. We weren't winning winning the midfield ball, but Stephen has brought it to. A, Really, in terms of, I think just his accuracy is incredible. Mm. So, whether it's you know 30 yards or 50 yards, I mean, he has delivered some incredible kickouts in the last whatever is eight or nine years he's been playing with Dublin and just pinpoints, you know, it's like golf shots. Mm. Um, the two yard kickout, I mean, anyone could take them in terms of that's but that's just yeah. the way the game has evolved in terms of that that building up from you know from the back. Uh, but again, he's very good at that too, even. You know, where far was trying to you know mark mark and the, the free man's a little bit to the left. He's very good at making the, the last minute decision to pull it to the free man. So he's very confident. And I mean, the shot stopping is 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 is, is as good as any any goalkeeper. Mm. But like, particularly, he's brought the kickouts to it to just a different level. And then mm. obviously free taking. But I was good at frees too. But nobody asked me. Mm. Yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly weren't going to change it back then. I tell you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Would you would you would you rate him as the best you've seen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, by a by a mile. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's no one has come close to to to, come to the complete pack. And lots of goalkeepers are good at the shot stopping, uh, as you'd expect, because that's why, why they're there and they're, they're probably practicing. But I think to, you know the kickout strategy, the 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 ability to read the game in terms of wait for the wait for the free player to be to be available, sort of left, right, short, or long, and then to pick him up with, with, with accuracy is just, just so he's by far the best in the last what well, ten years mm. by far mm. since you since me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Obviously, playing a goal, your fullback is hugely important to you, or certainly you know was important back back in in the eighties and the nineties, yeah. I suppose when 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 we had different I suppose tactical setups. Who was the best fullback that ever played in front of you? Well, Jerry Hargan as he was because I said that's only because he let so much stuff pass me. You know, he made me so good because he was so bad. So that's the my, my today is always with Hargan. You were uh, called into action. I was coming more often. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's the best? Uh, I mean, I played with Mick Lyons in the uh, in the Railway Cup, you know. So you, you you knew where you stood with him in terms of you know that was the f- the physicality of sort of toe to toe. I mean, Paddy Moran was 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 really good too, but in, in a different sort of way. You know, there was there was risks there as well. But you said again, you know. But in some ways, it's about the team piece of you know, the goalkeeper the full back line. So yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's about yeah. the three man four man sort of routine yeah. where, and I would have developed. Over the years, with um, you know, all of it. Mick, Mick Holland was a great player to play with too. You know, over the years to uh, to, to play with the fullbacks and, and know that you know, afford them the opportunity to, to play you know hip to hip, where they can go for the ball along the line, covering them off the line. So I never believed in playing on the line as, as some keepers do. So that for me was very natural to play you know fifteen twenty yards from goal because my my motto was always well if I can get, if I can get the ball before the forward, well why wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, so. It, it was about the, the you know the unit if you like the particular one in front of you or the tree in front of you that you know if the ball goes over their heads I'd be out to, you know out sweeping out to win it you know type of stuff yeah. so that was there was lots of you know mixing and matching going on over the years and oh, yeah. some of them were hairy but they, we, we, you know we always worked well together and 
since obviously when you when you retired then in 1997, you you went straight in to with Tommy Carr f- yeah. for the three four period, and then had a stint with with Wicklow. Going back to obviously the, your parents' connection, um, did you enjoy the coaching side? Did it did it did it did it replicate or replace that buzz of playing? <coughs> Well, I think on, on a sort of a, from, a, from, a, from a sort of a detox point of view, going to be a, being a selector was an expect thing to being a player. So for me, yeah. uh, it helps with the it transition. Definitely helps with transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, I mean, I really enjoy that. And again, you're you're close to the team, and you know the new players coming through, like yourself, and all that sort of stuff. And 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 um, just being part of the setup and, and trying to replicate what you had had under Pat O'Neill, particularly on on and sort of that. Sort of five or six years, where I was really strong trying to replicate that. But mm. I mean, it proved tough because you know Mickey had been in there for two years, and Tommy came in, and then you know it was, it was a huge period of transition, huge period of transition, and players coming in and trying to get it right. And I mean, Tommy Carr was really, really hard at getting that right. And again, he was, you know, because you're an easy fellow, he was hard done by because we drew with Kerry mm. in in that replay in in, in Turles, uh, or sorry, you drew with him and mm. lost the replay by a point. I mean, that was, and it was the first time Dublin had sort of got to that level again. Post, if you like, ninety five, mm. and then he got done as well, and, and, and yeah. I made him with John Bailey, but the casting vote to to get rid of him. So yeah. we were gone then, and then I ended up with um, uh, taking over as manager of Wicklow for two years, and that was tough, you know, because I was quite naive going in there because I sort of expected inter county players to be like me and what I had been used to in the Dublin camp and around that, mm. but I met a very different sort of environment in terms of the focus wasn't for the wasn't towards the county team as it is like Dublin. It was more about the club, and when, when the club championship started playing, the, the emphasis and, and dynamics, you know, just changed completely. And I remember when Richie Green came with me, first night training up in Roundwood, and uh, up in Roundwood watching these fellas run around the pitch, and there was four or five fellas kicking around on the goal. It was there was a bunch of fifty or sixty fellas running around the pitch already, you know, warming up. And Richie, said, it was a great they're warming up already. I said, Richie, they're not ours. Ours <laughs> 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 the fellas kicking around in front of the goal. <laughs> so. Um, so it was a totally, it was totally different f- ethos. Yeah, really and, different and ethos. Now they were a great bunch and some really good footballers, but it was it's it, it was the sort of ethos is and I can understand You were fighting a, you were fighting a political battle before you even got your players sort on the pitch. Of, yeah, yeah. You're trying to draw fellas into the centre and they've been pulled back from the club as it comes more about the inter club rivalry parts where where it's in Pats or Ratnew or Bartlass or Blessington and it was more about that you know, going on than pushing towards 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 the sort of the, the, the centre and the county team. So that that, uh, that, was, that was tough going yeah. for two years down there, and, and it was it was hard going. I mean, the results weren't weren't good. Um, decent enough players at out, but it was just getting them, just getting the focus and getting them, you know, getting them where you want them in the right direction. We're doing all sorts of mad stuff for reasons for not training, like not turning up, and who's here tonight, and you know, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like a club so frustrating, over really frustrating. frustrating. And then yeah. after that, then I came back and I, I uh, managed the ladies' football team for two years. That was great. That was. That was a real sort of, you know, injection in, in, into the arm of just these guys were great. The enthusiasm was, and it was more. Well, it was back with the Dublin team as well, which was always great for me. But the enthusiasm that those guys had was just incredible. It was mm-hmm. from chalk and cheese. They're really interested in the game. The dedication, the training, the commitment, the focus they had, the desire to win. It was it was incredible, and that was a great shot in the arm. And 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 mm-hmm. I found it you know tough as well because they've been beating the All Ireland the year before by May with a last minute goal and. Uh, the biggest pressure for me that year was actually more to win the Leinster title because they'd won three they won two the previous year I think with two different managers and I was the target so once we won the Leinster title that year the first year it was a big release for me as a manager yeah yeah you know we're, we're making sort of at the You're same level on an upper curve yeah. yeah so but unfortunately we got to the final and got bet by Galway and then bet by Galway the following year in the semi-final 
Um, but that, that was great. I mean, they, they were just incredible. You know, I'd recommend anyone to manage a ladies football team in terms of the commitment, the dedication, the focus, the energy, the drive they have for it, for 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 the to learn more and just they're just like sponges, you know, take it all in and, and try it and, and and learn. It was, uh, it was so that, that yeah. left a, a good memory from, oh, was, from yeah, a coaching perspective. Great, yeah. So I suppose you, since since then you, you you've, you've stood back, I suppose, from the coaching side. You're now heavily involved in um, the Jack and Jill Foundation, and and how, how's your son Tom doing? Yeah, Tom is great. Thanks. He's uh, well, he'll be six now in October, so he's he's made great progress. So he's 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 almost walking independently. So there's, there's lots of milestones over the years which which you thought he would never make. So I mean, he's an inspiration for for, for us and Jack and Jill Foundation um, ambassador for them. Uh, they're they're a great a great charity. I mean, you know, when 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 we were in, in trouble, if you like, in terms of how you're going to cope, what you're going to do, they just appeared like an angel in in Crumlin Hospital one day, and I'd never even heard them. I kind of sort of vaguely, but had the clue what they did. Um, so they sought you out, like yeah. They sort of saw it also, yeah. and were, were were put in contact with by somebody in a nurse in the hospital, and they came and, and and they were just a godsend in terms of the. I mean, what they do is they provide nursing hours at home for for for, for families. So, I mean, a simple thing of because he's very dependent on you. You can't you do what you would normally do, put him at the neighbour and go into the supermarket yeah, and yeah. send him for a couple of hours. A bit of respite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even relations. So just the respite of getting a couple of hours sleep at the time was, mm. was, was just incredible where mm. they'd, you know, pay for a nurse to come in and, and stay. And he's, he's, he's doing well. He's, he's reaching milestones. Yeah, in his, yeah, he's doing really well, you know. So he's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's quite a little character and he, he knows, he knows some of the stuff he wants. He's mad to get out now. So any good way, he's heading straight for the door. And, uh, and then, um, we got a, tri- a tricycle from there recently just to see how we go and straight away he took to it and so he's able to, he's able to work the pedals himself and that type of stuff he doesn't know where he's going but he's able to watch the, he needs right. someone to steer for him but, and he's mad for that and he wants to get out, out, out all the time and um, he's, he, he'll, he'll, I think he will walk within the next maybe six months independently uh, he'll take a couple of steps and then he's you know he's he's a bit wavery. He looks looks for the the support behind him. But yeah, um, so Jack and Jill have been great, and I'm, I'm heavily involved with them. And and um, in terms of the, any presentations or talks or conversations that need to be had to promote them, I'm, I'm happy to do it because just an incredible organisation. Brilliant. Listen, John, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great to relive those memories of the 80s and 90s for me when I was growing up, uh, and to sit here and chat with you for an hour. So best of luck in your future endeavours, and thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for the conversation.